This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time for Emergence News on Plains FM 96.9, citizen-made radio. Hello listeners and welcome to Emergence News. We are doing a very interesting take on our topics today. We're calling it another potluck podcast or potluck radio, uh, mainly because the boys couldn't get together for lunch to think of a shared topic. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we had a quick um, text battle and decided what we're going to talk about. So basically the three men in the room have chosen a topic of their own interest from within the Maitreya story, and we're going to have a little bit of a chat about that. But first I want to talk about Emergence News, and it's a radio program by a group of volunteer co-workers who are involved in disseminating the information on the emergence of a world teacher. This teacher is the avatar for the age of Aquarius and comes to us now at the direst of times. His name is Maitreya. He is the Lord of love and the teacher of angels and men alike. Okay, now looking around the men in this room, Nigel, how long have you been involved with the story and what you what brought you to it? Oh, what brought me to it was meditation, actually, and the Theosophical Society. I was introduced to meditation when I was about 12 or 13 by my parents who were members of the Theosophical Society. Yep. And then um, when I was about 27, 28, I, I began to meditate regularly in yep. earnest. Yeah. Um, and a few years later, after that, our meditation group in the early 90s, we started doing study groups every Sunday. Yeah. And we got hooked on Benjamin Krim. Yes. And, and a very addictive drug, I might add. Mm, mm. And I, the more I read about what he was talking about, particularly to do with the hierarchy and the masters of wisdom and the ancient wisdom teachings, it all just started to make sense. Yeah. And I've been hooked on that story ever since. If a better story comes along, I'm, I'm, really, I'm <laughs> yes. really looking forward yep. to it. Yeah, but it's the, it, for me. It's the best story that I've come across, and that's why it maintains my interest. Cool. Okay, Peter. Bigger question for you: What is the most interesting aspect of the story of Maitreya and his emergence, and the background esoteric knowledge? What's the thing that is your topic of interest? I guess I could say. Well, um, I guess we were. Um, I was involved in the Rosicrucians actually from about when I was um, twenty-two. And um, so I got into meditation, as did Nigel, and uh, I guess that, um, you know, we moved to, um, when Benjamin Krem came on the scene, he was talking about the uh, Alice Bailey teachings as well. And, uh, you know, this is what we'd been studying right up Mm -hmm. till then. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it just uh, slotted straight into where we, um, you know, our meditation group and that sort of thing. So um, we had the opportunity to uh, bring Benjamin Krem out. And, That's uh, right. Yes, and, and I, I and, attended that. And so it was a great opportunity for us, wasn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, 
you attended that and the concert was the victim. I chose I chose God over rock and roll, yeah. basically. <laughs> um, Neil, Neil Finn missed out that time. <laughs> Tusted okay. your girlfriend. <laughs> um, Nigel, what is it that keeps you here? The story, for me, helps me understand the meaning of life. Right. Cool. End Big of picture. story. Big yeah. picture. Okay. Peter, you've mm. been here a long time. What keeps you still engaged? Yes, well, I can still, uh, I mean, uh, increasingly feel the energies, uh, particularly in our meditation work and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, It's amazing how time disappears when you're sort of tuning in properly to, mm-hmm. the, to the Doing meditation. Doing transmission, yeah. And uh, it just seems to disappear once you're uh, focused and... Uh, the energies are unbelievable mm. to me, and uh, particularly heart energies, that mm. sort of thing. And so, to me, it's a very real experience. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, mm. good mm. point. Uh, I came to the story a similar route. I was just living overseas, got introduced to transcendental meditation, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi in 86, and took that up quite seriously, became, you know, once again realised that, that meditation was a really powerful tool, came back to New Zealand in 88, I think went to a meeting you had organised, you and a group of others, Peter, had bought Benjamin Cream out to give talks, yes, sir. In 88, 89, I can't re- yeah. quite remember when yeah, it was. I think it was 88, or, yeah, it could have been 89. So I went to that lecture in the town hall, went to the transmission meditation the next day mm. and was, was hooked, and actually it was the word Maitreya. Mm. Um, that got mm. me involved. I saw that on a pamphlet advertising and the talk. And it resonated. It, yeah. The word drew me in, mm. Maitreya. Yeah. And so I had a background in meditation. I knew something of the spiritual life. Got hold of this story and I've been involved ever since, basically. Mm. And I guess the same as you, Peter. The thing that keeps me engaged is the story and where it places me. So mm. a bit like what you've said, Nigel. It resonates. And secondly... If I practice the stuff that Maitreya and Benjamin Krem talk about, Advocate, if I yeah. do those things, mm-hmm. they work. Mm. Yes, that's right. right? It's, yeah. like, it's like a, a cooking recipe. Yeah. You yeah. take that ingredient and that ingredient and do this with them, voila, you produce this, this yeah. edible food. Yeah, right. And I feel very much about that. I practice this stuff and my life is better for it. Mm. I guess that's all I can say. Okay, so guys, um, that's wrapped up our intro, and we'll come back in a couple of minutes and talk about what we're going to talk about. Okay, thanks, guys, and um, good to have you here in the studio. Um, Tell me a little bit about what you're going to talk about today, Nigel. Uh, Well, in recent times, and when I say that, I mean the last couple of months, we have focused on a number of themes pertaining to the meaning of life. For example, the law of cause and effect and our relationship with karma, the fact that reincarnation is the method of evolution on this planet. Yeah. And the illusion of separation, you've mentioned that a number of times, and um, also some of the barriers to success. For example, my trailer identifies commercialization, um, corruption, market forces, and complacency, a lot of C's in there, yeah. um, as all barriers that get in the way of human, human, humans and humanity experiencing yeah. success in their lives. Yeah. And so we'll be touching on all those yeah. today. Cool. Good. Peter? 
Yes, yeah, so I had a look at um, my Trails of Mission, Volume 2, actually. Uh, this is a book by Benjamin Cram. And, uh, of course, he brings he's done three of these books on um, my trails. And, um, and particularly, the, um, he's talking about a new energy pervading the planet. And uh, I just wanted to touch on that. And uh, in spite of all the things that seem to be going wrong, there is positive notes out there. Okay, good point. Listen, I will kick off with my topic because I've got the mic. Okay. He's in charge, folks. I'm in charge. I was stumbling around in the book The Great Approach by Benjamin Krem. And as as all three of us have mentioned, Benjamin Krem's had a bigger impact in our lives, the three of us. by his words, by um, what he talks about, and by Harry tells the story. And I think I've talked earlier about when I saw Benjamin Cream give a talk and the way he presented himself and the story um, kind of sold me at the time, right? I was in sales and I went, this guy is telling a story. This guy I need to listen to. So I'm in this book. I'm looking at The Great Approach and I come across page 102, 103, ethnic conflicts. So I'm going to kick off, talk about ethnic conflicts, and see if I can tie it to what's happening in the world today. Okay, so this was um, by a talk by Benjamin Krem's master, Share International, July, August 1999. All right, it's called Ethnic Conflicts. Here we go. We, your elder brothers are never advocates of war, but neither do we advocate a lame acceptance of genocide and human degradation. The world today is too fraught with dangers for such appeasement. Great word. From now on, the nations must plan ahead for such contingencies and let be known their will to act. The sentimental call for peace at any price is not our way. The path of love must also be the path of justice and sanity. The question arises, the master goes on, how to proceed to end a tragic episode in recent European history. Nothing less than the complete abandonment of this cruel endeavour of separation by the Serbian leadership should be acceptable under the rule of law. Now, this is back in 99, he's talking about Bosnia and Kosovo, right? Otherwise, this evil adventure will inspire others to emulate its ambition and prove a constant threat. The return of the refugees and the rehabilitation is a major priority. The reconstruction of their torched and pillaged villages, a daunting task. The Serbian people should be held responsible for the reparations required and thus, in some measure, orsage their guilt. Huge loans will be needed by the Yugoslav Federation to enable them to meet these obligations and to rebuild their own war-shattered homeland. They must be made to see the unacceptability of their nationalistic ambitions and the need to abandon a leadership which leads them so astray. Gosh, it's chilling just how relevant that is. Chilling. Yeah. Right. So Benjamin Krems asked a couple of questions, and I'm just going to summarise a little bit here. He comes back with 
the masters see it at most important that the nations police the world to ensure the upholding of international peace. Mm. As my master says in his article in June 1993, nothing less will guarantee a future free from the threat of fratricidal war. War today must be made illegal and the instigators answerable to law. The nations must be prepared to enforce the law and to accept the price of action. Until true and lasting peace is assured, such policing of the world remains the sole recourse. I thought, ah, that's really interesting because we are seeing the same type of destructive thinking and destructive energy stalking planet Earth still, right? So he's finally asked, what is the hierarchical advice on how to solve ethnic and religious conflicts such as in Kosovo and Bosnia or intertribal conflicts such as Rwanda? He's asked this back in the year 2000. Krem comes back with, the partners to the conflict must meet discuss, and with wise compromise on both sides, come to solutions which resolve the conflict. And that just doesn't happen. It hasn't happened with this Ukraine-Russia conflict. So the master's saying it is unacceptable behaviour and needs to be dealt with by by the nations Mm. uh, as a group. Mm. There needs to be a clear message sent to this type of offender that the offending is not acceptable. So I guess when we look at global policing, we can look at the UN, and certainly in in Europe we can look at NATO. There is facility currently available to police the world in a sane and lawful manner. I'm going to come back a little bit later with something that Jeffrey Sachs has has chimed in on around this topic, but I just wanted to lead off with that idea from the master that um, peace and love and flowers is good, but also there needs to be accountability. Mm. Thanks, guys. We'll come back shortly. This is the Emergence News on Plains FM. For more information, go to shareinternational.org. Welcome back, everybody. Um, lovely to see you guys here. I do enjoy your company. I love what you talk about. Nigel, keep me happy. <laughs> Small expectations here. <laughs> okay, I'm going to cover a couple of questions questions and answers um, that uh, uh, Benjamin Cre- has been put to Benjamin Cram um, from the past. And there's a question here. The subject is of illusion of separation or the illusion of time and the subsequent karmic opportunity that arises. The question is, timing seems to be very important and real. It relates to rhythms and cycles in our activities, setting priorities through awareness and detachment. And I'm not sure if that's a question or the the questionnaire is actually making a statement, but Krem did reply and he said, yes, indeed, time itself is an illusion, but timing is indeed important. Timing is sensing the window of opportunity. This is not conditioned by time, but by the cyclic movement of life itself. Krem says that creates the condition in which a window window of opportunity opens up for an individual, a karmic opportunity, an opportunity in which our astrological relationships will provide us with a field of energies. And Peter's gonna talk about fields of energies later. A sudden influx of energies, which if acted upon, can carry us forward 
And this is the interesting bit. Creme just throw, just chips in with a nice <laughs> little snippet here, a little gold nugget for you, John. William Shakespeare said, and I quote, There comes a tide in the affairs of men which, if taken at the flood, the influx of energies, oh, yes. moves on to fortune. Now, William Shakespeare was an initiate, a 3.5 initiate, so yes. he knew all about this. What an evolved individual he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, you know, throughout his work are all the answers. Yes. Uh, yeah. If he came from one of the other planets, or one of our other planets, actually. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah, well, oh, so did Leonardo yeah. da Vinci. Mm. Mm. Oh, so 3.5 in that day That's and right age up there. would have been a very high initiate. What was yeah. that, the 16th century? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, and one more question um, here put to Krem, and this was put to him in 1993, so that's almost 30 years ago. Many people in America would say we are not complacent. When there is a crisis in Africa or elsewhere, we are right there responding with food and aid. I bet you Benjamin Krem tore this guy apart, did he? Mostly, yes. <laughs> Krem says, these are individual reactions. In every country, you will find those whose hearts respond to human need. But it's on again, off, it's an on-again, off-again affair. Humanity as a whole, though, through its agencies, the governments of the world, they do not address these problems on a global scale. Current example, think COVID-19. Right. We would not put into power, perhaps, a government whose number one priority was the saving of the starving millions, if it meant the reduction of the living standards of our own nation. Nobody can win votes on that basis, so the politicians think. Me, 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 me. The time is coming when they will not win any votes at all unless they put that issue at the forefront of their priorities. Consider this. At the moment, we feed one child from 17% of the available food on the planet and another child 83% of the available food. We must realise that we are one family and therefore food resources must be shared more equitably around the world. They cannot be left to the greedy fingers of commercialisation. Mm. Food resources are not a commodity. They're a human right. Mm. Just like housing, education, health. Health, yeah. yeah. That's me. I want to leave enough time for this. Yeah, Peter. This next section We're going to come Peter. back to you shortly. Get yourself ready, Sam. And Peter, let's go. Okay. My Treyas forecast, a new energy pervades the planet. And as I said before, this is coming from Maitreya's Mission, Volume 2. Uh, excellent book and has lots of um, pieces in it. Very, very interesting. It's a big volume, that Volume 2, isn't it? It is, oh, actually. It's fabulous. Yes. And it's got some lovely photographs in the front of Maitreya. Yeah. And uh, in his, uh, when he was uh, seen in Nairobi, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, that's right. Um, a new energy pervades the planet now. Scientifically, this is the energy which creates equilibrium between positive and negative currents. When positive and negative currents merge, light is produced. This energizes all life and creates harmony. We will see a new equilibrium in nature, and both people and nature will respond constructively. The sun has been brought closer to the earth, symbolically speaking. That is, its radiation has increased, and this will energize the Earth. 
The energy of equilibrium affects human affairs as well as the world of nature. Maitreya is using the energy of equilibrium to stimulate the urge towards greater harmony between man and man and between man and nature. Prior to the achievement of this equilibrium, there is, is an inevitable period of adjustment, which we're seeing now, which is, has its attendant difficulties. But through this process, Maitreya teaches the world's current spiritual crisis will be resolved. And in Maitreya's words, this planet will become close to the Lord. Nations around the world have been filled with this new energy and more and more people are responding to it, becoming aware, realizing a new livingness and becoming free. When the energy of equilibrium is brought into play, nothing is immune from the transformations which take place. And we see this, don't we, in uh, Iran, where uh, someone's, this woman was arrested and died in police custody. That's right. And the huge uproar that's yes. been created and people yeah. have laid down their lives, mm. literally. Yeah. And, you know, they just had enough. Yeah. You know, this yeah. sort of restrictive society. And, you know, it's been a, it's an amazing ancient society, the Persian people. Mm. That's right. Mm. And, um, you know, but they've been under the thumb for too long. Look, Peter, I think you've touched on a really important topic, and maybe we don't talk about it enough, but what Maitreya has predicted right from day one is the voice of the people and the power of the people yes. to shake off the shackles that have been placed on us globally yes. by commercialization, so by what Kren calls religious, economic, and political totalitarianism. Yes. And they're starting to lose their grip. Mm. And that's a great example of what's happening in Iran. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Iran is the centre of evil. No, there not are at other centres of evil. You um, know, I think they've got a huge potential. You know, to me, I sort of feel very close to to them and uh, feel for their suffering. To be quite yeah. honest, um, yeah. But um, you know, as this uh, article that I'm working on is um, talks about the political and the religious leaders that overstep the mark. Yeah. And, you know, this is just happening all around the world in mm -hmm. various degrees. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and yeah. so... Um, well, there's many countries that are suffering from a lack of leadership at the moment. Great Britain is not great at the moment. Well, no. <laughs> you know, but, but um, George Monbiot's done a great article on um, where he's identifying that British politicians are puppets of oligarchs of oligarchy. Yeah. So what we have is a feudal system on this planet where a very few small group of powerful individuals yeah. control the wealth and therefore control the political process. Yes, that's right. You wonder what corruption goes behind, the backhanders and the, you mm. know, that mm. sort of thing that happens. I know it happens in America yeah. and... Uh, you know, it probably happens in other countries. No, it's countries. not exclusive to the, no. just, the, just no. America, is yeah. it? Yeah. So, mm. listen, there is good news, and I think we need to keep coming back to that for yes, our listeners. That's that right. The old way is breaking down, and Peter's highlighted mm. why that is. It's yeah. an energetic happening. So, he's saying that all these changes are creating awareness, and people have decided that enough is enough, and have a right to be free and to enjoy life. Yep. There is no longer... They no longer want to be conditioned by politics, religion, or commercialization, as you say, yeah, John. Yeah. 
This is, is the younger generation which has experienced the effects of this new energy, and this gives them the strength to change the old systems which have imprisoned people. Today, the voice of realism is found among the young, free as they are from ideology, philosophy, and theory. They are realistic about life and meet it as it comes. They see the problems. They do not see the problems through the, the lenses of ideology. Mm-hmm. They see the problem as it is. And I think last week um, I talked about Greta Thunberg and, and a book that she's putting together. When she first appeared, there was all sorts of really targeted criticism towards her. Mm, she was as vilified. A, as a, she was vilified. Mm. That's almost gone. I don't see much of that anymore. Mm. Um, so people are starting to leave her alone. She is standing up and and not being attacked as much as she once was because mm. she's right. Mm. Mm. So it's interesting times we live in. Yeah. Um, Peter, anything else for us? Yes, well, I mean, I've got, um, we need to uh, move on. We've got, we've got um, Nigel's work there as well. I've got plenty more here, but. Um, well, listen, why don't we have a little bit of a discussion off camera mm. and come back in a minute. Okay, off camera, big money changed hands. Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a quote here from Benjamin Krem. It was a lecture he delivered in Osaka in Japan back in 1996. And this is just an excerpt. Uh, today, the G7 Uh, nations, the seven richest, most industrialised nations control the economy of the world and see a high standard of living as their prerogative. They see life as supply and demand. Because they produce a lot, they demand much from what is produced, far more than they need or deserve. The developed world take control of a position of power and waste three-quarters of the world's food and 83% of all other resources. Therefore, the so-called third world with three-quarters of the world population must make do with one-quarter of the world food supply and only 17% of all other resources. As a result, those in the third world live in utter poverty and decline and die in their millions. The developed world sees this as their right to decide who will eat and live and who will starve and therefore die. Krem says we are the developed world. We are the ones who are playing God and deciding who will live and who will die. It is our greed, our selfishness, our complacency that makes possible a situation where millions of people are starving to death in a world overflowing with food. A huge surplus per capita. Competition forces companies to cut their spending on everything, beginning with their own people. Remember, this message was delivered back in 1996. Just to finish, in every developed country of the world, there is growing unemployment, growing crime, and a declining standard of living. Less housing and more and more homeless people and more poverty in the midst of plenty. Okay, guys, once again, a great program. Thanks for coming along. To our listeners out there, change is coming. The pain you feel is the pain of change. There is good news on the way. Keep listening to Emergence News. Thank you. All this information can be found on the Share International website, www.share-international.org. And also don't forget the podcasts, which are available on the Plains FM website. We welcome your comments, questions and feedback. Please contact us at emergencenews at gmail.com. Emergence News.